It is Monday morning. Oh, it is Monday. It is morning. It is macabre. <laughs> it is Monday morning macabre with scones and Darcy. I am Darcy. That is scones. Me. And we're bringing you another, another, as DJ Khaled so famously said, and so eloquently said. Other American famous philosopher, DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. So today is a special day on Monday Morning Macabre because... Why is it special? Tell me why it's a special day. (laughs) Why is it so special? (laughs) Tell me. I don't know, actually. (laughs) No, you gotta cut, dude. This is this is okay, like when I forgot dingers. the anniversary. Is this is it bad? No, Slingin' Dinger said we had to make something exciting that would get the fans oh, into it. Okay, so. is this a sidebar right now? Us talking right now? Yeah, this is a sidebar. They can't hear us. Obviously, it's a sidebar as we're getting lowered into the lava. But I need you to come up with something quick and snappy that the fans are gonna love because uh, the Slingin' Dinger's executives they already sent us that note the other uh, week, and now we're getting they're breathing down our necks. So, <laughs> so Scouts, why don't you tell them about our new new exciting news? Oh, I'll tell them about new exciting news. Today is National Wow, it's National All or Nothing Day. That's not a lie. It's National All or Nothing Day. Exactly. And so we're going to give it our all today. We're going to give it our all today and we're going to leave or, nothing on the table or we're going to give you absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, the first one I think was better. It's All or Nothing Day, guys. And as all and of you know, you know Slinging Dingers, that's a big day. That's a big day because we're known for giving our all and we're also not we're known for nothing also so i want you all out there to really just sit in your car take that right you're about to take that light's gonna turn soon get ready okay three two one okay there you go take that right and just just think about giving your all today you know start the week off right anyway anyway we're gonna talk about the jonestown massacre (laughs) Okay, I guess we're talking about the Jonestown Massacre today. Real quick, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, one of us brings a... The, we talk about the Jonestown Massacre every week. Um, scones we hash will it not out. lay really off. Get in depth. <laughs> it's like that uh, that that treasure chest at the bottom of that... the, the What is it? Like Oak Hill or Oak Island? Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Lay it on me, oh, sucker. Oh, it's like a History Channel show where every episode they like keep trying to find the same treasure chest and they keep digging this hole. Anyway, it doesn't no, matter. No, that's... Oh, wait. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. And it's really yeah. funny because you know they don't find it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a TV show. Yep. It would be a movie. Exactly. It's just like it's just like uh, anything where they try and find Bigfoot or... It's the same deal. But this time, it's just a hole. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Next season. That's true. I think they're going to find it. Anyway. Anyway. Scones is bringing us uh, the Jonestown Massacre. So... <laughs> buckle up <laughs> <laughs> so buckle up and get ready to give it your all and band do your thing So Jonestown, uh, as it's abbreviated, have you heard of this? It's pretty. I I think it's a very. Uh, th- I think it's a thing everyone knows the name, the Jonestown Massacre. But I feel like everybody's fronting out there, and nobody really Ooh, knows the details. Wow, calling out all of the calling people. out all you whack ass rappers, though. 
Um, and by that, I mean, I don't really know the details. <laughs> so, I didn't either. I, I didn't know. <laughs> really know about it at all. But Jonestown happened on November 18th, 1978. It was the location of a mass murder-suicide of the members oh. of a California-based, originally California-based, People's Temple cult. Yeah, okay. I ta- oh, let me let me let me rewind time a little bit. I have listened to the audio thing. The audio thing? I think that's Jonestown. I might be Is there like a thing. creepy spooky audio thing? Is this the one where they all they all suck down the death juice? Oh, they together? suck it down. Uh, yeah, they're out, out there you can find the the actual like a recording of of it happening. And uh I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> so, if you want to not sleep again, I'm it's out there. probably not going to do that. It's very heaven's yeah, gate. Yeah, I knew yeah, about yeah, Heaven's yeah, Gate. Yeah. I didn't know about this. Maybe I'm thinking of Heaven's Gate, though. Wait, hold on. This no, it's was Jim Jones, right? Yeah. Basically, uh, leader Jim Jones led in yeah. Jonestown Agricultural Commune in Guyana, where he yep. convinced 900 people to convince to drink Kool Aid, essentially laced with cyanide pills, yes. and all 900 people would die. Yeah, or like 908 people. Yeah. Okay, this is what I'm thinking of. And 300 of which were under the age of 17. That is sad as hell. It uh, makes it the largest mass, uh, one of the largest mass deaths in American history. Yeah, until the first Monday morning macabre live show, am I right? <laughs> Get your tickets now. now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what an announcement that would be. Or an ad. What's that name of that rock star who always threatens to kill him? Or he used to uh, say he was going to kill himself um, on stage. Uh, Eddie Money? No, <laughs> no money not Eddie man. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Little River Band. Not Eddie Money. Little River Band. You got kids? You want some? <laughs> Can I borrow them? Woke up in the checkout aisle. <laughs> not Eddie Money. Uh, I don't know. Oh, oh. Uh, G.G. Allen. He'd like mutilate himself, and he said he was going to kill himself on stage in Halloween. But I think he yes, started. Yes, I do remember that. I think he killed himself before then. He was in the Scum Fucks. Okay. <laughs> and the Cedar Street Sluts. Oh, well, they were a great gospel choir. We're talking the classics, um, people. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically the lineup of Woodstock. <laughs> yep. This was uh this is the new rat pack, so keep an eye out. Anyway. The toilet rockers was another one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think you guys should look this man up. I think uh This has nothing like to do with even, Jonestown. <laughs> yeah, we have not started Jonestown yet. Alrighty. So Jones would open his first church in the mid nineteen fifties in Indianapolis, Indiana. At the time, he was not affiliated with any particular denomination and had no theological training at all. His congregation was known for being racially integrated, which was particularly progressive at the time. Jones himself, well, yeah, Jones was a white guy for, I guess, anyone, if that matters. Yeah. Um, In 1960, Jones's congregation by then was called the People's Temple, which already is a creepy ass name. People's Temple. It was affiliated with the Disciples of Christ, and four years later, Jones was ordained in that church. So this is when he's like, hey, I'm a priest. But like, if you see a picture of this guy, he looks like a fucking snake oil salesman. Like, <laughs> He's got like the big aviators and the slicked, like, yeah. clearly dyed yep. black hair. It's nice to know that like, he, he, like he's a real go-getter. You know, He's like, hey, I'm just going to start a church. If you're out there and you're, you're spinning your wheels in life, just start your own church. He actually had a 
uh, a pretty wild life. So let's talk about the man, Jim Jones himself. So he was born in rural Indiana. Um, his parents uh, were a World War One veteran, his father, and uh, I don't know, it didn't, doesn't say what his wife was. I mean... Wait, what <laughs> year was he born? He was born in 1931, May 13th. Okay, okay, cool. He was born into a very poor family. He, he grew up in a shack without any plumbing. Okay, rad. Apparently here it says, Jones was a voracious reader who studied Stalin, Marx, Mao, Gandhi, and Hitler. <laughs> Okay, so he's like one for six. <laughs> <laughs> On that list, he is missing the mark. <laughs> but that's what's crazy. So also, it's pretty well documented by his, uh, Jones himself and some friends of Jones that his father was associated with the Ku Klux Klan. Um, yeah. The KKK wait, had wait. a lot of power in Indiana in the Depression. You said Ku Klux Klan like you've never heard it before? Well, we have a lot of international listeners, so I don't know if the KKK is like... That's okay. a pretty I feel American like the KKK is, is Mr. Worldwide of racist cults. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. If you know what the KKK, they're a bunch of assholes who like white people and wear <laughs> like stupid looking hoods. Yeah. Anyway, they had a, a lot of influence in Depression era Indiana. A lot of people blamed, you know, minorities and all that stuff for the Great Depression. All that good stuff that racists like to do. Classic. The American, the American way. Jones was a good student. He would graduate from Richmond High School with honors. He would marry a nurse, Marceline Baldwin, and the two would relocate to Bloomington, Indiana. Marceline Baldwin, the forgotten Baldwin child. He attended Indiana University, Bloomington, where he was impressed with a speech by Eleanor Roosevelt about the plight of African Americans. In 1951, he would relocate to Indianapolis, and Jones would attend Indiana University for two years and take night classes, earning a degree in secondary education 10 years after enrolling. I feel bad because it seems like he's got his head in the right place. I mean, like he seems very uh, open to to people of all backgrounds, and I appreciate that. He seems very open-minded and progressive for his time. He was. This wasn't a dude who just came out the womb crazy, like... Right. Yeah. He. I mean. I. He. he for, if I met him right now, I'd be like, "This dude seems pretty, pretty chill," you know. So funny you say that. In 1960, he would actually uh, the mayor of Indianapolis, Charles Boswell, would appoint him a director of the Human Rights Commission, and he'd become uh, very outspoken for civil rights. And he even won the Martin Luther King Jr. Humanitarian Award. Wow. If we ended the podcast right now, people would be like, what the hell? <laughs> this is very confusing. He helped to racially integrate churches, restaurants, and the telephone company and the Indianapolis Police Department. Okay, good, cool. Still liking the guy. He was also known as a member of the Communist Party in the United States, which I think is pretty impressive that a mayor would elect him to do anything as a true open member of the Communist Party. That is. Yeah, so he was open. Like he was just like, "Yeah, what up?" Um, I think so, but I thought that's like those are the kind of people that got like picked up. And yeah, I thought they got like mysteriously discreet. disappeared. Maybe he wasn't, uh, or maybe he was too in the spotlight that he couldn't disappear. True. Either way, he would move to California. Well, he spent a little bit of time in Brazil. He actually adopted several non-white children, referring to the household as his rainbow family. I mean, okay, that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of weird, but uh, the Rainbow Family part, but I like the the mess, the, the, the values there, you know? Yeah. Cool. 
he'd have one biological child naming him Stefan Gandhi, which is a sick fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, welcome to Monday Morning Cobb with Scones and Stefan Gandhi. Stefan Gandhi Jones, dude. That's a Stephon, sick name. Dude, that is, a, that is actually like an NBA Street V2 name. What the hell? <laughs> Stefan Gandhi, Gandhi Zone. Jones. Jones. I almost said Bones. Stefan Gandhi Bones. Dude, Jones is a solid... Li- if any listeners out there have a last name Jones, it's a solid last name. It really goes with like a lot of, lot of first names. It is. So he'd moved to California, where I think a lot of socialist leaning people would move in the 60s and 70s yep and he had this dream of a socialist eden on earth and that's when he started uh the people's temple and basically wanted this to be a like a kind of a christian central like a christian themed so like i said socialist eden in his uh ymca you mean yeah ymca just a local y (laughs) local kids be able to play some pickup basketball not getting into yeah, trouble. And s- swim in a pool lane with an elderly woman. He also was known to have uh, some issues with drugs at the time. That'll do it. That seems to be the uh, common denominator amongst all of these uh, cult leaders who go crazy. Yeah, and so this is, I feel like, where we, yeah, some synapse get messed around when you take too many drugs. <laughs> yeah. When you, when especially, yeah, 70s, dude. Yeah, yeah, you don't even know what's in whatever you're taking. Everybody was, yeah, you don't know, and everyone was high. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Well, I loved it, dude. Remember the 70s? Dude, it was great. I love... Back <sighs> when we were in our early 40s. Yeah, try and tell us we're not old <laughs> enough to remember that. I Try and tell us listener. we're not in our <laughs> mid-90s, bro. <laughs> we're very active. It keeps us young. Yeah, I read a book a day. And that's what keeps me alive. I also drink whiskey with my Cheerios. So anyway, in these... Ni- <laughs> That'd be so gross. Good aside. Good as- no, it's not gross. <laughs> Try it. That's true. I haven't tried it. Scrambled eggs and soy sauce. That's still my go-to. Scrambled eggs and soy sauce and then a bowl of uh, whiskey and Cheerios. Or do you just would do like a whiskey glass with Cheerios garnished on top? No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a Cheerio garnish. I have a single Cheerio in the room. <laughs> <laughs> with a, Perfectly yeah, with a nice, broken with a nice yeah, nice bottom of the cereal box powdered rim with a single Cheerio on it. Your cholesterol's it's never been lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no big deal. But not honey nut. Say <laughs> no B movie. In the mid nineteen sixties, he and his wife <laughs> would incorporate the People's Temple in California and settled outside the town of Yukia Yukia U K I A H. U-K-I-A-H. If anyone Ikea, listener yeah, lives near know. Ukiah or Yukia, California, Living let me know. Living on Ikea, let us know. <laughs> let us know how you haven't gotten caught yet. <laughs> uh, he settled there with about 100 followers. A strong start. We did not have 100 followers and we started. Dude, how many retweets? Holy shit. Believing that the move would protect them in the event of nuclear holocaust. So they're pretty paranoid as well at this point. Like, Classic. I guess a lot of people were at the time like, hey... Russia's getting pretty wild. America's also getting pretty wild. Yeah, people were going nuts. It was world star. A lot of the people kind of had Russian-leaning ideals because, again, it is a socialist era. And at the time, I think a lot of them just kind of knew about Russia through, like, the teachings of Lenin and Stalin. I mean, uh, Lenin and Marx and not really Mm -hmm. through the what was actually happening, like the genocide led by Stalin at the time. Yeah. Yeah, they that was 
Probably not what they were. It sounded really cool till you got there. <laughs> yeah, till you get to the forced famine of a bunch of people, a genocide. It's not. It's pretty chill. <laughs> In 1970, Jones began holding services in San Francisco, and by 1972, he had opened another temple. This dude's franchising. Bro. We're franchising. He's like the dairy queen of cults. Uh, he opened that temple in Los Angeles. Dude, so he's like wrestling. He's bumping up with uh, our old pal down there. At Astra. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we can't remember anything after an episode's been taped. <laughs> Well, hey, we're ninety like ninety years old, bro. It's not our fault. <laughs> Whiskey and Cheerios will really make you forget a lot, but it'll keep you alive. Makes you forget um, the basic cholesterol. Wait, what is his name? Jack Parsons, but I Jack don't remember Parsons. his boy who helped start Scientology. Alistair Crowley. Yep, there we are. So he's probably bumping uglies around there with him. Probably. I I don't see why he would. I'm sure we probably mentioned in the episode. He began to make friends among politicians and the press in California and became a respected churchman. So he's doing whatever he wants, dude. A Californians are like, churchman? this guy's sick. He's like a real neat churchman. Him and all his followers. A real churchman. Even though fall if anyone has followers, I'm instantly like, all right. Well <laughs> Okay, you've got clout. <laughs> all right, King. Go off. Um <laughs> Go off, go off. Thousands of followers, a large percentage of them African American, flocked to him. Central to Jones's appeal were his displays of mind reading and faith healing. Yes. That, this yes. is where we get to how you Go know it's off, real. King. <laughs> if there's not paranormal or like supernatural powers going on, he has I'm not buying yeah. it. And he's still friends and respected among politicians in the press. This while guy's doing that. He's mind like, reading um, and faith healing. He's like uh Laveau. Where he's like, Hey, I'm I'm gonna be chilling in uh with with politicians but also i'll read your palms brother and it's the latter half of the 20th century (laughs) yeah except yeah that's true (laughs) while the people's temple was active in humanitarian causes in its communities jones's treatment of his followers was less than humane temple members were regularly humiliated beaten and blackmailed and many were coerced or brainwashed into signing over their possessions including their homes all in financial support of the church. So this is where I, I unfollow, I think. This is where he you... He seemed like a chill dude until he started uh, just basically stealing from the like disenfranchised members of his community. Yeah. It's really easy when on the outside you just do humanitarian causes. True. True, so true, true. I'm guessing he's like walking around with a sign like saying like, you know... And Jim Crow laws, and then behind closed doors, he's like, oh yeah, uh, if you don't give me your house, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. It's basically a frat pledge. Kind of. Like. But like, it's what it sounds like. Really scary. <laughs> also, any listeners out there that want to pledge to uh, Monday Kappa Beta? I like shit. how you didn't do Macabre, you did Monday. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't just say, I needed to throw in some Greek. I don't know what the M is, what... Is there an M in the Greek alphabet? All right, we're looking it up. (laughs) We're, this is good. This is good tent. (laughs) It's mu. This is us giving you our all. I believe mu. Mu. Yeah, it's mu, mu two, mu. Anyway. Anyway, temple. (laughs) Black members and members (laughs) of the minority groups were convinced that if they left the people's temple, they would be rounded up into government-run concentration camps without the temple's protection. 
Now, do you think that's something that was uh, propagated by Jones? I, I bet, like, not openly, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was, like, selling whispers. Yeah, he was selling some little little secret hush-hush talkie-talkies. He was like, who wants a whisper? You get one, you get one. And then next thing you know, everybody knows. One for me, one for you. Family members were kept apart and encouraged to inform on one another. Oh, so there's that's a good way of uh, selling whispers as well. Yeah, he seems like he's a real whisper seller. So finally, in 1977, members of the press start to ask questions. Okay. <laughs> hey Look out. He, like, so they start to poke around. They have people try to join. And he's like, nah. And he moves with several hundred of his followers to Jonestown. <laughs> a Ooh, compound baby. that had been built in Guyana for some three to four years. So apparently he's building this secret place in Guyana, in this part of Guyana that's, I think, currently owned or part of Venezuela. So he's just in like the middle of the tropics. So he, yeah, he was like, we're going to just, he's kind of doing what, uh, what's the dude who owns Mac, uh, John McAfee, where he just went to the jungle and like was a weirdo there. Is that of McAfee antivirus? Security. Yeah. Wow. He's an insane probable murderer. Anyway, wow. Future episode. That's for another day. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, crazy folk love going to jungles and being secluded so they can be crazy without questions. It's, I imagine it's pretty easy. I mean, like, to not get stopped once you're in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, when you're in the Venezuelan jungle, no one's like, hey, wait a minute, do you have your permit? Especially back then when they didn't have the technology of, like, drones, like, 20,000 yeah, right. miles in the air just videoing you. Also true. 20,000 miles is definitely way too high. I definitely meant No, feet. that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go... No, 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 20,000 miles. 20,000 <laughs> leagues the fucking in space. Moon. Yeah, yeah, getting you with a video. So here's a cable from the U.S. Embassy in Guyana, reported to the U.S. Department of State in June of 1978, characterizing the autonomy that Jones had found in Guyana. So you ready? Here's a reading. Should I do like a... Octung! During the consular visits, it has been observed that local Guyanese <laughs> administration exercises little or no control over the Jonestown community, and that the settlement's autonomy seems virtually total. This is due to a variety of reasons, which include the fact that the area in question is remote, and thus the government rather primitive administration machinery is already overstrained by its obligation to the Guyanese citizens living in the region. So, basically, like, they're so remote, and the Guyanese uh, government doesn't have enough money to build roads or, like, set, like, have infrastructure to it. What we have, therefore... I'm skipping a little bit of it. What we have, therefore, is a community of American citizens... I want you to do this voice the entire time. <laughs> Buddy, what we have, therefore, <laughs> is a community of American citizens existing as a self-contained and self-governing unit in a foreign land and which, for all intents and purposes, is furnishing to the residents all of the community services such as civil administration, police and fire protection, education, healthcare, etc., normally provided by a central government within its territory. So... It's its own fucking thing. We're talking about basically Jones succeeded in his, well, step one of his plan to create an autonomous, what he thought was going to be a socialist utopia. Okay, so he's like trying to make Atlantis in Venezuelan jungle. Yep, he's like, this is going to be it. It's going to be perfect, utopia, socialist. This is what Marx wrote about. Um, By the way, give me all your stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> By the way, if you don't follow me, I'm going to bring your house down and take your kids. Tell me if your mom is doesn't like it here and then we'll kill her. <laughs> in November 1978, <laughs> U.S. Congressman Leo Ryan traveled to Guyana to inspect the people's temple activities. I don't know why it was put upon a congressman to be like, you know what? I'm going to go down there and check this place <laughs> the fuck out. Let me let me roll up my sleeves and get down yeah, to Guyana. He's like, listen here, voters. I'm not the kind who just sits back and does my job in Washington. <laughs> I go this down is, and investigate <laughs> foreign countries in the middle of the jungle. This is like Walmart Wakanda. This is like the worst version of, of Wakanda. Yeah, it's like the absolute <laughs> Twilight Zone equivalent of Wakanda. Wakanda where it's like, is, this is sick, <laughs> and this is <laughs> this not is, great. This is not, yeah, this is not sick. He was investigating rumors that some members of the cult were being held against their will and that some were being subjected to physical and psychological abuse. So again, I don't know why a congressman's going down of all people. <laughs> Seems like something like the he's CIA gonna, should do or like <laughs> NSA or he's something. He's just going to like pull up with a handgun and put it at Jones's head and be like, looks <laughs> like this bill's been vetoed. <laughs> Blast him he's into just ripped. outer space. <laughs> yeah, he's like the has a cut, off sleeve, cut off American flag vest. <laughs> yeah, but he still has the pin. And when he cocks the hammer on the gun, just an eagle, bald eagle screeches <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Oh, we should write. Okay, this is another movie there we, we got to go. write. Yeah, the, the ideas keep flowing. <laughs> yep. This is, this is, hey guys, this is just a if little we have any uh, example. That of are, uh, in, the, in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know Peter Jackson's listening. It's Sam at Monday Morning to Cop. Monday Morning to <laughs> Or at fuck. Is it? Yeah, What's it our is. Email? You got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. Sam at Monday Morning Macabre. I think it's a brilliant com. idea. After traveling to Giannis capital georgetown on november 14th he arrived at jonestown on november 17th um so it took three days to get from the capital of guiana which is not that large of a country to jonestown so that's how remote this place is gotcha the following day when ryan was set to return home so he like went in did his investigation he's like all right time to go home several temple he doesn't show up does he well several temple members who wanted to leave the compound boarded his delegation's truck in order to accompany him back to the United States to escape. Oh. Obviously, this didn't slide. (laughs) Other members would then attack Leo Ryan. Whoa. Uh, Shortly before the vehicle left the compound, he escaped unhurt, and the truck continued on with Ryan aboard. Temple members then launched an attack at the airstrip where Ryan and his company were to depart. Jesus Christ. Five people, including Ryan and three members of the press, were shot and killed, and 11 others were wounded. Oh, my God. So... The fucking, they shot and killed a U.S. congressman. That's insanity. Yep. So this is full-on assassination. This is, yeah, now America goes to war on Jonestown, I feel like. You'd think so, since they seemed at this point in time to just napalm any part of jungle <laughs> pretty willingly. <laughs> huh? Some folks won't. In the sh- wake of the shooting, Jones released radio orders for Temple members outside the compound to commit suicide. Jones, wait, 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 you say Jones sent these orders? So basically, yeah. So basically they kill Leo Ryan and they're like, yeah, we did it. And he's like, sick job, guys. Kill yourselves. And then I think Jim Jones is like, wait, we're we're about to get fucking napalm, dude. Oh, so this is the impetus for the infamous mass suicide? Yes, the fact that like the ah. jig's up and you can't get away with killing a U.S. congressman. <laughs> I see. I never knew why they all killed themselves. It wasn't like drinking the Kool-Aid to get onto the flying meteor passing Earth. I never I never knew why they did it. Okay. 
Nope. It's because they killed Leo Ryan and three other members of the press and then wounded 11 others. Wow. So Jones, he's probably obviously whacked, but you have to be very whacked to not think yeah, you that have to be this super is it. Out of like, your mind. The U.S. government's about to send in the troops. Jones releases the radio orders for temple members outside the compound to commit suicide. Shortly thereafter, Jones enacted his revolutionary suicide plan at the compound, which members had practiced in the past in which fruit drink was laced with cyanide, tranquilizers, and sedatives. I don't know how the hell you practice that in the past. Oh, you know, it's just like, just a, it's just like a mudslide. So this is where it gets super fucked up. So, first, it would be squirted into the mouths of babies and children with syringes, ah, and then drank in, or imbibed. Jesus. Is that just a fancy word for drank? Imbibed? Imbibed? I know drank in is not a word, so you may... Hold on. You, I, you I, I think imbibed is a better word than drank in. No, imbibed is right, but okay. you saying drank in is definitely going to rub some listeners the wrong way. I Dude, I drank in all the time. I be drinking all day, brother. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> So the suspicious part, Jones himself died of a gunshot wound. What an asshole. (laughs) So he's a huge pussy and wouldn't drink the Yeah, I was going to say, he wouldn't even do the... Like, come on, dude. (laughs) Fewer than 100 of the temple members in Guyana survived the massacre. So that's nuts. Imagine those fucking people and how crazy they have to be now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dude, like, we're... It's not even too late. Some of those people probably are still alive. Probably. Well, may, eh, maybe. <laughs> or they were taken by the government and uh, don't exist anymore. <laughs> also true. The majority of survivors either had defected that day or were in Georgetown during the day. So they were just like, okay, getting groceries in Georgetown. Came back. Holy shit. Fuck, we missed it. <laughs> Bro. Uh, officials later discovered a cache of firearms, hundreds of passports stacked together, and 500000 in U.S. currency. Uh, it would later be found that Jones actually planned to, after the shooting of Leo, he started to look into moving, like another mass migration, uh, yep. reaching out to countries like the USSR mm-hmm. and Cuba. Obviously, they were like, no. They're like, oh, you're an insane human. No, <laughs> Why thank you. would we ever want like a destabilizing cult? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, we love what you're doing over there, but I just don't think it's the right time for us. Millions of dollars have been reportedly been deposited in banks and accounts overseas, particularly in the Caribbean islands. People's Temple effectively disbanded after the incident and declared bankruptcy at the I mean, end of 1978. <laughs> I guess, I mean, there's still probably like two or three crazy people still being like, yes, the People's Temple lives on. <laughs> they declared bankruptcy. Imagine them going to the... IRS filing a title not like <laughs> being like hey can we have some help hey guys um times have been tough <laughs> <laughs> we made some bad business decisions yeah <laughs> our, our partners screwed us over a little bit we could really use a little bit of help from the banks too big only, to fail only one man temple member Larry Layton would ever be tried in the United States for his involvement in the November that 18th event sucks <laughs> so you better be the one guy where it all like, falls are you on you. Serious, dude? Like, I watched <laughs> someone put shit in their baby's mouth, and I'm the one who gets. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm the bad guy. He was found guilty of conspiracy in aiding and abetting in the murder of Leo Ryan and the attempted murder of U.S. Embassy official Richard Dwyer, and was sentenced to life in prison. Though he was released in 2002, so he's out walking around. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> 
God damn it, oh, U.S. Brother. justice system. He's not tried at all. Ugh. God damn. God damn. Another man, Charles Beekman, would plead guilty to the attempted murder of a young girl and served a five-year prison term in Guyana. Five years. That's all you get for, for attempting trying to, murder to kill a, young girl. A, a little girl. That's insane. It's pretty fucking scary. To put it in perspective, if you try to murder that little girl and then you got out and tried to murder her again, you would still be trying to murder a little girl. That's how short that time span is. That's that's nuts. Yeah. It's not like 912 of the like people were just dead that in an afternoon. That's so crazy. Also this asshole convinced 912 yeah, people to move say, to the middle of the jungle. I'm 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 curious if you th- do you think it would be possible in today's day and age with like social media and the connection we have with all other people to be able to do something like this? Like start your own church and get enough people to like basically be in your cult. Like, do you think it's still possible? I think it would depend where you are in the country. I mean, in like the world, um, I think sure. part, if I were to look at this on like a deeper level, I would say a lot of why he was able to kind of convince so many people that what he was doing was better than what they had was, um, it's just the MLM schemes of the seventies. Well, plus, look at, like, civil rights. Like, a lot of the people he attracted were probably African-Americans that had to go through so much horrible shit in America. True. And then he also, it's the Cold War, and everyone, like, thinks they're going to get nuked anyway. Yeah, it was kind of a perfect mix of Right, it's a a time when a lot more people were kind of desperate, and also Christianity was much more widespread than it is, or much more powerful i guess than it is today. i know what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. Ha- held it was much more of a of a cultural staple yeah and not even just that like a lot of like government and schools were like openly christian <laughs> at the time <laughs> that's true it was, it was pretty wild uh it's it's nuts the cult awareness network would actually be formed it's a deep group aimed at deprogramming members of cults soon after this that's pretty cool. I think it, it disbanded in 1996, but they did like they helped with children that were in like the Waco siege and like stuff like that. Mm, like, yep, it was a pretty good group to have. I think cults kind of aren't kinda as suck. prevalent. Hey, we're taking an anti-cult stance. Uh, yeah, we're anti-cult. I'd say so. I think we're anti-cult. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to take that stand. Oh, I should also again, like I mentioned at the beginning, if you want to ruin your if you want a haunting memory that's going to last for probably the rest of your life, you can listen to the audio of this happening. It is uh, pretty dark. And I will let you guys use your own judgment on that one. Also, there would be a group called the Founders of the Concerned Relatives. Uh, I mean, the, sorry, the, the Concerned Relatives, who were obviously like people that related to people of Joan, like uh, that were part of Jonestown and we're like hey like this is what your family members are doing trying to get them like back and stuff like that unfortunately 1980 Alan Jean Mills the co-founders of the concerned relatives and their shot their daughter Daphne would be shot and killed execution style in their Berkeley California home oh boy that's dark Eddie Mills Alan Jean's son was believed to be involved in the extent that he was arrested in 2005 but no charges were filed against him so this is still a lot of aftermath even after this shit happens. 
Yeah. The compound is now deserted. It was first tended by the Guyanese government following the deaths. The government then allowed its reoccupation by Hmong refugees from Laos a few years in the early 1980s. Okay. <laughs> and it uh, looks like it is... Yeah, I don't think it's really being used by for anything right now. Probably not. So, listeners, we've got news. <laughs> we bought it. <laughs> N- <laughs> oh new my studio. God. What, what cop? You didn't. You didn't. Slinging dingers didn't. <laughs> I would be so scared and sweaty. <laughs> yeah, uh, upcoming recordings are going to have a lot more sweat in them. So, I hope you're cool with that, guys. I would advise anyone who wants to look at pictures or check this out, it's very grisly. Like I said, 912 people committed suicide at the same time. And I wouldn't even say it was 100% suicide. Definitely a murder-suicide, especially since kids uh, don't have a say. Yeah, definitely mostly murder, probably. Yeah. Pretty grisly stuff. I'm glad cults aren't really as prominent. Well, we got goop now, which is not nearly as bad. No. And maybe they are... Maybe I'm being naive. True. There could be... Some serious I don't think there's Jonestown <laughs> level. I hope not. I really hope not. I hope not too. And you know, sometimes you just got to give it your all. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to talk. You know, and that's a, a good uplifting story for your Monday. Sure is. Oh, geez. These pictures are brutal. Yeah. Have a good Monday. <laughs> um. Hey. That's, follow us on our socials. Yeah, follow us on our socials. Scones, do you want to do the socials? I might not remember them, but I know Instagram's at Monday Morning Macabre. Twitter is at MMM Pod. Nope. Close. Almost. And MMM Podcast? M-M-M-M. <laughs> That's four. Wait, we've MMM it's at, no, Podcast? It's MM Macabre Pod. MM Macabre Pod. And then check out mondaymorningmacabre.com. That is all the episodes, links to all of our socials. And we put up little pages and stuff. It's real fun. Oh, also, um, quick updates. Give them the updates, Dars. We'll be releasing the Patreon with two episodes at the start. Yes. Extra bonus episodes that you freeloaders won't get to hear. (laughs) No, but we love all of you. So that'll be coming shortly. Also, people who want merch, there is still COVID. (laughs) So suppliers are making it very difficult to order from. Yeah, as you can probably assume, we're from the United States and COVID's a pretty big issue here still. And (laughs) and why would you ever wear a mask? (laughs) It's it's pretty bad. Um, Shipping is really held up, production and stuff like that. So uh, we'll keep you posted, but yeah. But yeah, uh besides that, have a have a have a good Monday. Have a great Monday. Bye.